Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. It's been a long time coming, but we are finally tackling the topic of proofreading. This is right up the alley of many copywriters and editors who offer proofreading as a value-adding service to their clients. Neither Kate or I do this. In fact, we don't even do our own proofreading. Are you shocked? You needn't be. Proofreading is a specific skill and part of running a business is knowing what you can do and what you need to outsource. Today, we're going to be sharing the best proofreading tips crowdsourced from our excellent listeners. Welcome to Perfect Proofreading for Error-Free Copy. My name is Belinda Weaver. I'm a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters, and that's where I have courses and coaching for copywriters of all levels. With me, of course, is Kate Toon. Hello, my name's Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School, a membership shop and course, Nirvana, and the recipe for SEO success, an online learning hub. Now, it's taken us a long time to talk about proofreading, Kate, although I'm not surprised proofreading is not my favorite thing to do. But handing over copy that is riddled with errors, not great for your reputation as a writer. Yeah, I hate proofreading. I hate it. I don't (laughs) do it. And if you follow me on any kinds of social media, you can see it's quite clear that I don't proofread anything because I'm the typo queen, but not when it comes to my client copy because there's an issue if you send clients copy full of errors. Uh, It ruins your credibility. And, you know, we, as clients, people, they have confusing expectations. They expect us to be 100% error-free every single time, but we're humans, us little copywriters. And although we need to set the right expectations with our clients, we also need to ensure that the copy we present is as good as it can possibly be. And that's why proofreading is the answer, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I actually have a line in my proposal and my copy deck that says professional proofreading will be done on the final version. So please forgive any typos for now. And I try and make light of any typos while actually kind of making it clear that they might be there so that people aren't shocked. Um, You know, obviously, as you said, do my best to get rid of any obvious errors, but my brain is so sucky. Um, It auto-corrects like a champ and like you, I'm typo blind. My social media is riddled with typos and I often do like six or seven edits sometimes on a social media post before deleting it and reposting it. Oh yeah, we all do that. We all do that. I've now got the, we'll probably talk about this throughout the show, but I've got the uh, Grammarly app in my oh, free one. Love and it, it. It's correcting my Facebook uh, posts as I write them, which is just amazing. But it, it's less about typos because obviously you can use Word to pick up the most obvious typos but for me it's like you said just missing words double words or sometimes just whole sentences that made perfect sense to me when I wrote them and read them but now I look at them and I'm like what was I even doing yeah um, and also I do not understand the whole notion of punctuation so <laughs> you know I'll just be like I haven't used the semicolon for a while well, yep Shove one in. Makes you look really clever. No one really knows what they do, but my proofreader does know what they do and moves them around. Yeah, I love to know that there's people out there I can rely on, but I'm a definite over-punctuator. If I feel uncertain, bung a comma in. You love a comma. I do. You should see how many commas are in our episode notes, people. (laughs) She's just done a little panel of commas at the beginning because she likes them so much. 
Clearly, we are not the best people to offer proofreading tips. So I put a call out and I got some excellent proofreading tips from excellent people who actually do proofreading and editing as a job. And we got some corkers. Actually, we got some new ones that I had never heard before. So I got all the tips, I put them in the document, and I saw that there were three distinct categories of tips. How to physically read copy that you want to proofread, what to look for in the copy that you're proofreading and tools that will help you. That's what we're doing, Kate. Sounds pretty exciting. Can't wait to get stuck in. We're going to take a quick break here to talk about our sponsor, Scribendi. Kate, a question for you. What's a big challenge you face when you write for international clients? Well, I love a bit of slang. So when I'm writing for Australian and English clients, I feel pretty confident about throwing in a little bit of local language. But when it comes to America, Canada, I'm not quite so sure. And I'm often worried that some of the slang that I might use might actually be a bit cheesy. Yeah, me too, actually. I'm, I also get a bit confused about turns of phrases that I think are used everywhere, but they're actually not. What I do when I'm writing for international clients is I use the proofreading and editing services of our sponsor, Scribendi. You can submit all kinds of projects, website, proofing, and blog editing are the two ones I use, but they do academic writing all the way through to book manuscripts as well. You simply upload your file, add editing notes, and choose which English you want your document proofed in. Very handy. You can even add a style guide you want your editor to use. Well, that sounds pretty snazzy, but my question would be, my clients are pretty demanding and they want things lickety split. So how fast is the turnaround? Well, one thing I particularly like about Scribendi is that they have editors working 24-7 every day of the year. So you can actually choose how quickly you get your proofing back. If you're super organized and can leave it with them for, say, a week, you pay less. If you're writing your content at the last minute, like we do, you can pay a bit more and get it back in as little as four hours. Awesome. So they must have quite a lot of editors. How do I know that I'm going to get the right editor for me? Like, will they give it to an academic editor or a technical editor? How does that work? Well, you actually nominate the type of job. So you say this is a, a blog editing or a blog proofing or an academic report or a business letter. They have lots of different types of jobs in different buckets. So when you choose the right type of job, it goes to exactly the right editor. And they actually have over 400 editors. And you can actually nominate an editor of choice. So if you develop a, a bit of a preference for the way someone Pro, um, proofreads your work you can choose them again and again I actually do that when I write my courses so I have one person editing the content all the way through that sounds pretty awesome so I'm going to head over to Scribendi at www.scribendi.com they have free online quoting so you can see how much your next project will cost to become error free oh and we've got a coupon Use the coupon HOT COPY during checkout for a 5% discount until December 31st, 2018. Speaking of error free copywriting, Belinda, let's get back to the episode. So, the first common tip 
that came in was reading the copy backwards from the last word to the first. Really, really popular tip. And I have to, I've tried this a few times, but it makes my brain hurt doing this. Have you ever done this? To be honest, I just, I just couldn't be bothered. Do you know what I mean? It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it would take ages. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think we should caveat this. I'm sure we're going to talk about it to just say that I outsource all my proofreading. So let's yeah. just, let's just quickly cover that off and say that no I've tried none of these tips because I can't be bothered when I finish writing my copy the last thing I want to do is sit there and read it backwards good grief yes Yes, absolutely (laughs) and it goes even further because uh, Reiki Zanini I hope I've said that right recommended not only reading it backwards but reading it standing up um, reading it out loud uh, so there are in the same camp of changing the way your brain and body react in the process of reading the copy so we're going to be standing up we're reading it out loud backwards with a kipper on our heads and one leg. <laughs> no, I know it's just silly, but no, I, I get it. Um, Alan Taylor added that I'll add recording and listen back. It helps my, because my mind is still in analysis mode when I'm reading. So that is one tip. Maybe we've got it later. Maybe I'm going to get in trouble for jumping around, but I do like to use words little reader outer thing you know the dictation yeah. software that reads it out in a weird hi my name is Belinda Weaver and this is my copy that's how Belinda talks normally but so <laughs> we're standing up we're reading it backwards we're reading it out loud or we're recording and listening back wow yeah it's um it sounds very time consuming to be honest, this is exactly why I do proofreading. One of the challenges, I, I mean, I outsource proofreading is what I meant. I can't even speak about it. Um, one of the challenges I find with reading copy out loud, and I do this when I'm trying to have story time with my children, I forget to read it out loud and I stop at some point and then I just read it in my head. So, you're, so, so your kids are sitting there just looking at your blank face. <laughs> We're just in silence and I'm reading The Hobbit. <laughs> having a wonderful time. <laughs> You're such a good mum. <laughs> <laughs> so, the next uh, tip we got kind of follows on from the previous one. It was very popular. It was about changing the font size and the colour to kind of achieve a detached perspective. And Bill Harper added to change the margins or the paper size too because it makes the text flow differently, which can be good to pick up hard carriage returns. Wow. That's quite clever. That is a bit Um, clever. Yeah, and John Esperian, who's a big fan of the show, says he goes for large white American typewriter font on a green page background in Word, which sounds horrendous, um, but he says it's absolutely deliberate because it helps pick out errors that I might otherwise have missed. Personally, I'd want to get the proofreading done so fast to get my eyes off that horrible view. (laughs) Um, but if it works, um, you know, the whole idea with all these changes is to change the way your brain responds to the copy and reduce the autocorrect we do. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess remember in the olden days, the days of yore, when screens were black and text was green. Do you remember that? Like, oh, God, no. In begin- well, you're younger than me. When computers first came out, like... Oh, of course, yeah, programming. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like to change the copy to white on a white background and then send it to someone else <laughs> so I don't even have to look at it. That's my tip. Um, anyway, the next tip is from Kate Merriweather. <laughs> Belinda's giggling. What are you doing? <laughs> Kate Merriweather says she reads the copy with a ruler underneath each line. Uh, this was mentioned by a few others and it makes sense to narrow the focus of your viewing and to have a physical element 
uh, moving the rules. So I guess we're printing off there. Or are we pressing a ruler to the screen? I don't know. I assume printing off, yeah. Save the trees, people. Don't do that one. That's a bad tip. We're not recommending that one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Moving on. (laughs) To be honest, I just think I'm too impatient. You are. It. You're too impatient even to do this episode, let alone <laughs> do any proofing. What's your next tip? Well, this is a tip from um, the Society of Editors and Proofreaders, who's Ooh. a group in the UK who we will be mentioning again later in the pod, um, and they suggested to let your writing rest before checking it. If possible, a day or so, at the least a few hours, and it helps you look with fresh eyes and stops the brain from seeing what it thinks you've written rather than what's actually on the page. And this was mentioned by quite a few people. So if you're doing your own proofreading, you need to factor time into your process. Um, Rachel Kurzip, I hope I pronounced that correctly, Rachel, said if you don't have that much time to step away from your work, she says, let's face it, most of us don't, then get out of your chair for 30 minutes, go and do some other stuff to switch your brain into a different mode and then come back to it. So that's not a bad one too. Well, that's a perfect segue into our next ad. If you've ever thought you'd like to improve your proofreading skills or you're already a proofreader or editor and you want to be with your people, you'll definitely want to check out our next sponsor, the Society for Editors and Proofreaders. Just as it's useful for copywriters to hang out with other copywriters, this UK-based society gives proofreaders and editors from around the world a place to learn and develop their skills, as well as get support from a community of people who understand the job. They have local and online meetups and a forum where you can ask questions anytime. This is incredibly useful to beat those feelings of isolation. In the first few years of my business, writing copy full time and trying to get some momentum, there would be days and days and days when I didn't speak to anyone but my family. It's why Kate and I have built communities after all. Being able to reach out to a community to ask questions and get advice or even just have a bit of a gripe can keep you sane. Many of our listeners are already members of SFEP and we've been told that the forum and the community are the best, very supportive and helpful with lots of experienced bods in there to help you out with any problem you may have. They also have courses and mentoring. You don't have to be a member to get in on the action, although members get a huge discount on their courses. So if you're interested to learn more, visit the Society for Editors and Proofreaders at www.sfep.org.uk. You can also find them on Facebook and Twitter. Membership is £110 plus a £35 joining fee, and they have a very special offer for listeners of the Hot Copy Podcast. When you join and use the special magic code HCP2018, they'll waive the 35 pound joining fee so again that magic code is hcp2018 okay well let's get back to it belinda has the giggles in this episode people but we're going to keep on pushing through it's because proofreading is so much fun uh, and we love it so deeply um so it's great that we have all these amazing proofreaders that we can outsource work to i think we should get on to the next character category of proofreading tips which is what to look for so this is almost like a checklist of things to look out for common mistakes that everyone seems to make so jody carey suggests breaking the proofing work into smaller tasks so 
checking all the subheadings and the lists are consistent throughout. Then going through and checking all the sentences have full stops. That's an interesting approach. Uh, Dominic McKinnery says, give extra attention to headlines, footers, and captions. The reader's eye will linger here. So that's, that's interesting as well. So people are going to spend more time focusing on the headlines. So, so should you when you're proofreading them. Yeah, I really like that one, especially the mention of the captions. And I guess footers would be like PSs. You know, in the copywriting, um, captions can be a really effective way to add um, eye-catching copy because people are naturally going to look there. So I really like that because I would definitely ignore the captions and the footers. So thank you for that, Dominic. Um, Victoria Doxat said, uh, check, double check, then triple check your references, um, which I mean, I don't use a lot of references in my copywriting. So if you're doing any kind of academic, I wonder if that is a bit more relevant there. Um, she says, make sure names, dates, publications, et cetera, or, or are all correct. Your professional reputation depends on it. I have, to, I have to stop you there. I once did a huge campaign for a major German car brand. I won't mention them, but there's only a few. You'll probably work out what it is. And it was this competition to win stuff. And there were like 70 questions, quiz questions with multiple choice answers. And I, I think I may have told this story before. Forgive me if I have. I just randomly Googled stuff. And like got it from one source, like some random blog on Google. It was like, exactly how tall is the something, something, something? I didn't cross-reference nothing. No fact-checking. So obviously when we put the competition live and people entered from all over the world, they were like, that's wrong. It's not that high. And if you look in this source, this source, and this source, it clearly states that it's this high. Wow. Thankfully, I'd left the agency by then, so it was someone else's problem. <laughs> not but my I'm, problem. Ah, oh, but wow. What an idiot. So that's a great tip, Victoria Doxat. Check your references and any facts and statements. People love to leap on little things like that and it rip, rip apart your whole copy because you've made one factual error. So super, yeah. super important. But it's also tempting, you know, we do a lot of research online and just because it's online doesn't mean it's true. Mm. Fake, um, news. fake news, people. Zoe Heard uh, recommended to mark trap words specifically, you know, homophones, commonly misspelled words and tricky words and keep a special eye out for them. And I think, you know, I might be able to pick up typos, but this is where my brain just goes, oh, no, it's all right. I know what you mean. Yeah, I do it all the time. I, 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 can't, I was trying to think of an example of one that I do, but there's ones I do all the Oh, one and one. Like, I won an award. I won an award. So sometimes I'll put I won an award, as in the number one. Like, yeah. what is even out there? But I, it looks, I don't even know what I'm doing. Obviously, that's only when I'm drunk. Uh, but anyway, moving on. I write most of my copy drunk, as Hemingway recommended, and I paste mm-hmm. and I'll sober to edit it that's what we should all do that could be that can be the meme for this episode um yeah. i'm getting all the really hard to say names by the way thanks belinda leslie nianaba says pay special attention to charts other images with text on them if they're designed in most platforms they don't undergo a spell check and are often overlooked so true so pie charts and things with text on them make sure that you give them an extra once over simone beaver says do a search by of the, for the word by, because it often tells you when you're writing in the passive voice, not the active. Oh, that's a good one. I know, right? Cool. I might even do that. Yeah, because I think the whole active passive voice is tricksy. It's really tricksy. I slip into that a lot. The other one I often slip between is um, uh, 
not plural and non-plural. What do I mean? Um, 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 me, me and you, we and we and I. Pro, oh, pro, the, the pronouns, first the person, pronouns. second person. First person, second person. There we go. <laughs> the point <laughs> of Linda Weaver. Uh, words are not my strong point today. What's your next tip? I've got a special tip from our super sponsor, Scribendi, who recommended that each type of writing you're doing follow its own conventions. So be sure to review these before organizing a piece of writing. So if you're writing a blog, it follows its own pattern and convention. If you're writing a white paper, that's completely different. So know the style of writing that you're doing and follow the conventions. Now we've done how to physically read the copy. Now we've also talked about what to look at. Let's dig into tools because I love me some tools. Um, we've mentioned Grammarly and I love Grammarly. I can't believe I've only found it relatively recently. The, one of the reasons I love Grammarly is because I feel less of a numpty when I send my copy to my proofreader. <laughs> You're still a numpty, but it hides it. Yeah, I look yeah. a little bit smarter than I did <laughs> I like that. I, I actually find it slightly crushingly embarrassing when I get my copy back from my editor or my proofreader because oh, yeah. it's like, seriously, when I sent this, it was good. And then I get it back and there are so many track changes to the point now where I'm like, can you just save me that uncomfortness and just not show me the track changes? I don't even want to know. It's too yeah. embarrassing. So one I'm, thing I, just quickly, one yeah. thing I like before, when I get copy back from Scribendi, they give you the choice of a clean version oh, and nice. a version. I'm just like, a clean, please. Yeah. I don't need to know. <laughs> I don't want to know how bad a writer I am. <laughs> yeah. um, we mentioned this one as well, the dictation tool, just on your own um, computer. I like to choose the most ridiculous accent I can find. And I also like to do it at 1.5 speed because it just speeds up time. So uh, we've talked about this in previous episodes. I use the Pomodoro method. So I will work for 25 minutes and then have a five minute break. So often what I do is during that five minute break, I'll have the mad accent reading out the copy I've just written while I frantically cycle on the machine in the corner of my office. Uh, there you go. That's a little vision into my world. Quite terrifying thought. What's your next tip, Bill? Um, it's Hemingway app. You know, um, this is an old favorite and Liz Green pointed out that regardless of whether you use it, you know, you use Hemingway or Grammarly for proofing, um, Hemingway is a fantastic tool for looking at your copy with editor's eyes. I love the different colors. I like, you know, I love being able to see those long sentences and complicated language. I tend to ignore the whole adverb rule that they have because I like adverbs and I'm going to leave some in. I don't yeah. care what you say, Hemingway. Yeah, I ignore the adverb rule too. It'd be good if you put this through, Hemingway, because some of the sentences here are insane. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I like losing my breath halfway through. Anyway, the next uh, final tip and possibly the most important tip of the entire episode is to not do your own proofreading. Uh, yeah clearly Belinda and I have no clue what we're doing when it comes to proofreading. And even when I feel like I've done a good job of it, I haven't. So I do think it's a specialist area. I think some people just have an eye for detail, a better grasp of grammar. Um, I'm just not one of those people. And I think you've got to play to your strengths. So for me, it is a much better exercise to give it to someone else. Often what I do is I give it to someone else who works overseas. I actually use my dad. Shout out to Derek Toon and my mum. And they proof my copy and then I get it back in the morning all clean and nice with the track changes turned off and I'm ready to keep on going and send it to the client. So that's my little tip. And if you don't have a local 
uh, editor that you could use. You could obviously choose an international company like our wonderful sponsor, Scribendi. Um, and if you can't outsource, Anastasia Kozukova suggests sharing your work with a copy. <laughs> with a copy with a colleague, sorry. So find a buddy to proofread your work. I love that kind of um, partnership. Uh, definitely. I find it so much easier to edit and proofread someone else's copy. Yeah, you can rip someone else's to shreds. It's it's actually quite enjoyable. It's the basis of which my course is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, everyone. Perfect proofreading for error-proof copy. And a huge shout-out for every single person who contributed to this. We had, um, well, we had 38 people when I um, collated all the tips, but we had some extra tips come in. So I'd say we banked well over 40 people, generously jumped in and shared their advice and their tips, and you are all mentioned in the show notes. Um, so now we say goodbye, regular, regular listeners know that this is when we read out a review of the show and we have some thank you very much oh my Sorry. god finally yeah. god. i know today is rashida tayabali friend of the show friend of kate and i and rashida says i love hot copy podcast because it always has something useful for me to implement in my business belinda and kate's expert views often give me great insights into issues i'm struggling with in my business if you're an established copywriter or a newbie make this podcast part of your business training Thank you very much, Rashida. And, of course, you can head to hotcopypodcast.com, leave your comments and thoughts on the blog post for this episode. Do you have any extra tips? And how do you proof your copy? Maybe you outsource it like us. We'd love to know. We've got a Facebook page. We've got a Twitter account. There's lots of ways you can get in touch. So thank you very much, Kate. That's, that's it. We're done. Thanks, Belinda. Until next time, happy writing and proofing. Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow my spit. I had all this spit coming out of my mouth while I started that. <laughs>